Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club Podcast. My name is Chris and I'm here with Jim and Alberto as always. How's it going, Jim? Well, I'm in uh, the wonderful northern state of Indiana, which means it's Arctic. Uh, no, it's not. I just wanted to throw that out there because it's hot and it's ridiculous. So um, it's okay, <laughs> though. It is all right. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> Keeping uh, very busy as always, but uh, life is good. Um, good. Yeah. yeah. Berto, what's new with you? Oh, a bunch of random things. Uh, work continues to get busier. It's It's been over 100 degrees for entirely too many days in a row now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually took on uh, Danny Vega's carnivore keto cut. And so I am on week one of that. It's a pretty intensive little, um, very intense, I should say. Four-week uh, cutting program, two weeks of maintenance, and then I believe a four to six-week reverse. Uh-huh. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, I've never done anything structured as far as a cut. I usually just kind of just feel it out and run with it. But I, I was at this really weird place where, like, I just – it probably has a lot to do with the heat, but I just haven't been hungry lately. And I, I've been having to force myself to eat to get to my macros. So, I'm at, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, this this actually might be in order. You know, kind of starve myself out a little bit and, you know, hit my targets that are considerably lower now and then kind of see how that works for me. So now, like, you know, hitting my macro numbers and my calories is easy, but now it's a psychological thing because, like, now that I can see that I'm eating less, I feel hungrier. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I, uh, of course, you're coming from a really high number to begin with. Um, I didn't have a clue how many how many calories uh, I was eating uh, before my attempt to do the the kind of work keto cut, and I I didn't do the workouts very well. Like I just I didn't didn't work the system very well, and so it didn't work for me. Uh, but uh, it, it's a great program, and it's like the workouts are freaking intense. No, I've only done the first three, and I'm not even looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the workouts in the program they they are definitely not beginner level things, but it's not targeted at beginner. This isn't a cut that you do for you know, hey, I've got you know 15 pounds of of uh, you know last last bit of you know flub that needs to be taken off or something. This is like legit, like what people could use for competition prep. So. It's uh, it's pretty intense and it's short term too. So yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. Got you know my birthday's coming up and that's when I usually try to cut down a little bit just for hundred percent strict vanity reasons. <laughs> and, uh, and so this time, yeah, I'm just gonna take someone else's structured approach and you know and, and run with it and then see where we end up. Yeah, very cool. It'll be very interesting to see those results. Um, well, let's talk. Uh, News real quick, or, or not necessarily even news, but let's cover some business real quick. Uh, for our listeners, uh, please make sure if you, if you get the chance to, to go out and leave a, 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 a survey on Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a rating and a, and a review. Those help the 
um, those help our, uh, our, our get the algorithm going uh, for us and, and gets gets us out in front of more more people. And that's really, really helpful um, as we're on a mission to, to, to make our little dent in the world, however that might be. And then, um, uh, and then we, we've had um, quite a few people join uh, the beginners group this week. Uh, we had 20 new people in the 101 group, right? We did. We did. The group has uh, well surpassed 500 members and is, uh, I think the uh, average join is actually a little bit higher than our big main Keto Man's Club group. So the uh, the newbies are, are stepping up into their game for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Getting uh, getting them plugged in there and, and getting those resources uh, into the hands of the people who need it, and that's really really cool. Um, so let's uh, let's go go through our shout outs here real quick. Um, uh, Chris, you go up? first. Oh. No, I want you to go. You never get to go first, and I want to make sure that you get to take the first step here today. Uh, you it. you are a giver, and I want you to I want you to take this time. Uh, I, okay then. Uh, okay then. Uh, let me find the post again. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Um, so I, I'm going to be shouting out Dylan Wright. He's actually one of our 101 members, and he um, got in the group, and he, he he did a nice little collage of several different. Um, takes of him over the over the last uh, two years, roughly. Uh, looks like he, um, I'll just read his, uh, most of his posts here real quick. Knew the group and figured I would share my progress with the keto, uh, with keto so far, uh, so far I've reached my heaviest, uh, known weight of 500 pounds in 2018. I began keto after my mom had, uh, had success doing it after making several unsuccessful attempts at, di- at dieting in the past. I thought I was doomed to be a heavy, uh, doomed to being heavy forever. I started by doing keto in about six to nine weeks se- uh, segment or six nine week segments from June to November of 2018. Pictures in, uh, I, I had lost approximately 50 pounds by that point. From November to December 29, I was down a total of 130 pounds. Uh, December of 2019, so that uh, a year later, 130 pounds. Uh, by May 2020, I had reached a total loss of 210 pounds, uh, and I currently have lost 225 pounds now, and I'm enjoying life and I'm much more active than before. Now, just for, for scope, I'm 5'8", and I currently weigh roughly about 225 pounds. He lost one of me. Wow. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's uh, nice. so awesome, awesome job, Dylan. I, I dare say you won't be in the beginners group for very long. Well, you, you, you're not a beginner anymore. Um, uh, and you're so he's doing awesome and definitely wanting to, uh, to to continue to to work with him. And he he uh, touched on something, and I think Jim, you actually commented on his post. Um, uh, about his his mention about uh, body dysmorphia and how we talk about it here on the podcast quite a lot mm-hmm. because I don't see you know and I think this is almost universal for any one of us that, that has lost a lot of weight I don't see in the mirror that I've lost eighty pounds I don't see that you know and and I'm sure that that's the same for him uh, so uh, awesome awesome job and uh, kudos to you Dylan 
Completely agreed. Jim, so I have <clears throat> I have two. Um, one is the 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 legit one, if you will. Um, it actually didn't happen in the group, but it um, one of our members who I'm Facebook friends with also, um, Mark Lesney, who's been a guest on the show as well. Yesterday, he put this picture up that, I mean, is freaking remarkable. Um, he he is ripped. I mean, it's just there's that's just all there is to it. I mean, sleeveless shirt, shorts, dude is ripped. So kudos to Mark. Um, go listen to his story here on the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and whatnot, because it's just he's awesome in many different ways. But wow, dude just nailed it for sure. Um, but the second one I want to do is Ryan Reeve, um, who posted this week, big NSV non-scale victory yesterday. Talking to some guys at work and joking that my new pants would be fat guy approved. I hear a guy say, oh, I just hate those guys, the ones whose metabolism just stays good and they're always allows them to stay fit, even they get older. And he points at Ryan. And here's where, Pastor, I apologize in advance. So he says, itch. Please. I was 360 pounds two years ago. This shiitake mushrooms takes hard work and dedication every single day. Now let me eat my salad while you go enjoy your double chili cheeseburger fries and a sweet tea. He's just laid the law down. Dude has made an awesome transformation for sure. He's put before and after pictures in the group and on his personal profile. Um, I don't know what his exact numbers are from where he started. or I, I know where he started at the 360, but I don't know where he's at at the moment. Um, and the best part of all, he lives in Inman, South Carolina. So he's my people. <laughs> Just saying. So those are my two shout outs of the week. And now cool. I'll turn it over to Alberto. <laughs> well, I'm still on a semi uh, hiatus from Facebook, so I'm taking the very, very easy way out on this one. But uh, everybody's friend, Gourmet has celebrated 100,000 downloads on the Fat Guy Forum, which is a That's pretty remarkable awesome. number. And uh, not only that, yeah. but he was also featured on a quick little segment on the TV show Hooked on the Look. They gave him like a little nine-minute segment that was actually like, like if you know Gourmet and you watch that video, it, it kind of brings a tear to your eye. It was I saw someone had a, sent it to me, and they're like, isn't this your buddy? And so I, I messaged him, and we were both like kind of freaked out about it. Even he was like, "Dude, I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready for this thing to come out and for everyone to see it." And I'm like, "Well, you did good, and here it is, man. So, uh, so just roll with it." But uh, it's a cool little nine minute segment. I'll, I'll send it to you guys. Um, I'm not going to post yeah. it in the group. I'll leave that to him if he <laughs> wants to do it. But I'll definitely get it to you guys. Mm -hmm. And then uh, second kind of shout out is everybody's favorite carnivore, uh, Sean, Dr. Sean Baker, who on Instagram is Sean Baker 1967 has started a crowdsourcing fund to hopefully set off the very first clinical trials with the carnivore diet. And uh, if you know anything Ooh. about trials or even heard anything about them, that is not an undertaking. He's trying to raise $200,000 because that's what they believe the bare minimum amount of money needed is. And uh, he's going for it. And I, I think that's pretty awesome because, I mean, if not him, who? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The the Media Arts group uh, would definitely be the place to do that. He'll have volunteers at the Wazoo for it, too. Um, I'm, uh, at least I'm hoping. Um, so that's that's really cool. And, yeah, he's been posting a lot about that on Instagram. And uh, if you can support it, that would be great. Definitely. Uh, that That's right along with our mission here. So that's the. Uh, Great thing. 
Okay, so I've, I've got a little bit of a surprise. I forgot to uh, to, to prep you guys. So, you know, you, you surprised me with beef fizz, so I'll surprise you. <laughs> um, this morning, I, I wake up to a notification on my phone. Now, for, for you know, a little, little shop talk here, our Google Voice number, um, which you can call and leave a voicemail on, is 512-518-6161. That's tied to my Google account, actually. And so I get a notification on my phone this morning when I wake up, and there's a voicemail. And it goes something like this. What's up, everybody? It's me, Alberto, your least favorite co-host. Day three of the carnivore keto cut calls for a 5K walk, run, or jog. So without thinking, as I usually do things, I decided I'm going to do a 25-pound rush. I have a half mile left. It is 741, 78 degrees, 90% humidity. And I can tell you right now, this was not the greatest idea. I don't think I slept as much running an actual 5K as opposed to walking. Plus, my back. But anyway, that's all I got for you. I'll talk to you guys later. So, uh, I was re- revisiting his uh, phoning in while uh, while doing physical cardio. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot I left that voice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, long story short, it was a little fuzzy there. It was, uh, yeah, I did a, I decided to ruck this morning, a 25 pound, um, bag of pea gravel in my backpack and it's about three and a half miles. And it was, uh, in my minimalist shoes, of course. And yeah, the last half mile was not pleasant. It was not pleasant at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was already getting to about 90 degrees by that point in the day. Right. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was 90% humidity. And I believe it was, it was, if it wasn't, it had to be close to 80 degrees, if not above 80 degrees by the time yeah. I finished. Yeah. And then felt like because of the 90 degree humidity, you know, a hundred. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, so, it was not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure you took in a lot of salt to take, to make up for that. So oh, yeah, I'm still catching up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Electrolytes, electrolytes, electrolytes. It's it's the most common thread of I'm I got a headache and I don't feel very good. Salt. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The first three hours of my day were just like I'm not used to like that particular. It was a brand new physical activity for me. Oh yeah. You know, just like the ruck. And, and at first you're like, nah, you know, whatever. I got weight on my back. I'm gonna go for a walk. But that flies for like the first mile. <laughs> and then by you know, by the time I got to the, I was just about at the th- my third mile. So I was, I think maybe a quarter mile from my house. And that's when I had called. And yeah, I was, uh, I don't want to say I was hurting, but I, it was definitely a lot more exhausting than I expected. So I would say till about noon, I was just all thrown off. And it was like, I couldn't get enough uh, pink salt in me just to try to, to offset it. I just had this really off feeling and kind of f- like fuzzy head feelings. I just kept shucking salt, shucking salt. And finally about one o'clock, I was able to kick it. <laughs> yeah. The keto rucker himself did a weekend full of, uh, all sorts of different things. I think, uh, might have even done a new to him uh, ruck along with that. I think it was like a five points something or other. I forget what it was exactly. Um, but he uh, he did a heavy, a light, and then one other activity um, this last weekend. So I'm sure he's feeling the same pain. <laughs> Only he's a little further north, so it may not be quite so hot. Uh, so 
Okay. Well, let's. Uh, our, our our guest has been patient enough, waiting in the wings. We have uh, Tony Jacobs, uh, who is a member of the group. He's uh, you. You have been on Fat Guy Forum, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he he's been on Fat Guy Forum before, and he's got a great story to share. I'm, I'm I I barely know like the surface level, so I'm I'm looking forward to get into uh, and dig deep. Uh, Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, kind of where you are, what you do. Um, let's not worry about the, the health journey part quite yet, but we'll get into yeah. that shortly. Sure. Well, thanks, first of all, uh, for having me, guys. This is great. It's an honor. I love, uh, I just love the show, you know, just love the way you guys, you know, go back and forth. And uh, it's just great to be here and have the same, you know, conversation with you guys. Um, gosh, how far back do we want to go? Um, you know, I was born and raised in, uh, or in Orange, California. Uh, I was your, you know, your typical, uh, latchkey raised by my mom kid, you know, in the, in the 1970s and, uh, didn't have a dad, you know, kind of grew up doing that. Um, fast forward a few years and, um, went to, uh, Went to a Christian rock concert, uh, age 11, and my whole life kind of got flipped upside down that night. And uh, two things happened that night. I felt like this was something I wanted to do. Of course, who you know who doesn't want to play loud music, right? You know, and and uh, rock out as a as an 11 year old. And and then I just kind of felt like there at the church, I kind of felt like there was something that I kind of belonged to, and um, and. At 11, I probably wasn't able to articulate that, but I just remember that being a, a big part of my life. And so fast forward a few more years, late teens, uh, early 20s, I, I actually form a, I form a band <laughs> and uh, we, we played, you know, for about four, four and a half years all through uh, Southern California and different places. I always like to tell people we were mildly successful. <laughs> um, you know, we uh, we did have a following. We did have people that, that came to our shows and kind of followed us around. But you know, we uh, we were just kind of doing our thing. And the whole point. What were their name? What were their names though? Like, do we need? Do we have like a a, a fan club name kind of thing? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I've actually been I've I've actually been asked like, hey, you should get like all the old like fans and people that followed you that still kind of connect with you and. You know, kind of give them their own like little Facebook name or right. Instagram. Like, were they the Tommy or Mommies or something along? <laughs> 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 you know, but they, uh, you know, we, uh, we were kind of one of these one of these bands that you know everybody was throwing beach balls and and merch and and stuff, but we were we were poor, so <laughs> we we would we would throw, we would throw things like bagels, you know, from the from the, from the <laughs> obviously non keto, right? You know, uh, and. Uh, and then they would throw it back like half eaten and it was kind of like a respect thing. Like, Hey, thanks for throwing back the half eaten bagel. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was just, or people would come up and say, Hey, would you sign my bagel? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And we yeah. have our show title right there. Will you yeah. sign my bagel? <laughs> <laughs> oh great. man. Yeah. So, you know, and the, the band was really wrapped around kind of a positive idea, you know, and, and really the, at the heart of it, we, we wanted to care for people. We wanted to, you know, sing music and do that. But, but at the same time, even, even as kids, we, we had a, we had a heart for young people, especially young people that were, that were just kind of struggling with life and stuff. And so that, that it, it kind of gave life to the music and stuff. And um, those were good years, you know, and as we, as the four of us started growing up, you know, we, uh, we realized that, 
um, you know, maybe it was time to cut our hair and, you know, get real jobs and, and, uh, go off to college and, you know, and some of them did and some of them found careers and, and I actually, I got married and I stepped into, uh, becoming a, becoming a youth pastor. And I was pretty much just a kid myself. And my, the senior pastor at the time, he, he basically just said, Hey, we need somebody to come in and help us with our, uh, you know, our fourth, fifth and sixth grade kids. And, um, we think you'd be great for it. And so, uh, me and my wife, we literally got back from our honeymoon on a Saturday, the very next Sunday, uh, we stepped into doing student ministry and that was three decades ago. Um, and I've, I've never looked back ever since. Uh, of course, a lot has, a lot has changed. I've, I've had a lot of different roles in my life, but it's, I've either worked for a church, for a school, for nonprofit of some of some nature, um, and then during that time, of course, we we had three kids. When you guys were talking a little bit before the show about girls and and stuff, I have three of them, and so the girls are definitely taking over the world at my house. Um, even the dog, who's a boy, I it's you, sometimes I wonder, like, hey, whose side are you on? You know, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and so it's been uh it's been good you know and of course uh over the years because of what i've done i've 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 moved around a little bit so i've i've had the privilege to live in different parts of the country um of course california's you know has has always been and will always kind of have a soft spot in my heart but i've lived in uh you know i've lived in arizona wyoming uh indianapolis and now now i'm in uh i'm in texas from you Austin guys just a few hours away so yeah. Yeah, not far at all just up 35 a bit yeah <clears throat> yeah so it's been you know it's been it's been awesome you know I've had I've had the privilege to pour into kids and pour into families for the last three decades and um you know sometimes I have to pinch myself you know like I'm getting paid to do this and and um and and don't get me wrong there's there's a lot of challenges to come you know with that there's a lot of challenges working for different churches and organizations but at the end of the day you know kind of what started out back in the day rocking out on stage because i cared for for young people you know turned into something that i never could even possibly dream of and it's been it's been a good ride so very cool yeah well let's uh let's talk about how health played in on all of that when when did you kind of realize that you were uh in a bad place. And, and what was that like? Well, um, gosh, you know, when, when you're working with kids and, and you're doing Friday night pizza parties and, you know, you're Sunday morning, you're serving Mountain Dew, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that just becomes the norm and you're grabbing whatever's, whatever's around. I think, I, I think for a, a good part of my adult, my adult life, I, I probably had, an issue, but I don't think I was ever really coming to terms with it. And really it was just a couple years ago. It was August of 2018. And my family actually was in California. They were visiting family and I wasn't able to go because I was, I was conducting a on-campus like day camp here at, at the church. And we had hundreds of kids and, and we had a whole camp that actually comes and brings camp to the church and completely transports the whole, you know, 
the whole church into a camp and and it was awesome right like camp was happening here at church and at the end of that week i just remember going home going home and just um just feeling a few things i was exhausted and i'd never felt like that exhausted in my entire life and i also felt alone because a my family my family was gone and i and and a little background is because I was that latchkey kid back when I was a kid, I I've always never done alone well, you know, if that makes any sense. And so, you know, there I was, I was alone, I was exhausted, and I just literally felt like I had hit rock bottom and I was at a very dark place in my life. And I don't know what propelled me to step on the scale. Like that was the, that was exactly what I needed to do, but it was really exactly the thing I needed to do because I got on the scale. And I realized that I was 30 some pounds away from 400 pounds. And I just broke down in that bathroom that night. And I just thought to myself, what am I doing? What have I been doing? How did I, how did I even allow myself to get to this place and get to this moment? And how is it that I've lived my life? And how is it that everybody around me has kind of just accepted it that way, you know? And, you know, a lot of people call me Big T, you know, Big T's in the house, you know, and that kind of became the, you know, kind of the nickname and stuff. And I kind of like own that. And that's right. I'm Big T and nobody's going to mess with me. And don't look at my daughters because I'm going to stare you down, you know, you know, (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, because that's the thing. If people didn't know that I was a pastor, they thought I was either like on the show Sopranos or that I was doing, you know, I was doing something because if I'm not smiling, you're going like, I'm not messing with that guy. Like, we're just not going <laughs> to, we're not going to go there. But, you know, I'm sitting in that moment and I, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, if I don't, if I don't actually get control of what's going on in my life right now, my life is, is either going to end abruptly, like I'm physically going to die at the, at the very least emotionally, I realized, I think in that moment that I, I just, I was dead inside and that here I was trying to give and pour out to other people and to be a leader at a church for a bunch of kids and a bunch of families. And I had absolutely nothing left to give anymore. I was spent, I was done. And I realized that if I didn't make a change in that moment, that I I was going to continue down a pretty dark path. And I don't know if I just, if fear was a factor or if just like reality hit me, but, but something, Something snapped inside of me, guys. You know, something just snapped and said, I want more for my life. I want to actually step into the things that are waiting for me, I think, on the other side of of, of me being so fat, you know, and being so unhealthy. Um, and it and it wasn't even just about about the weight loss, it was about all parts of me, you know, it was about my mind and my heart, my soul, you know, like the physical aspect, the mental aspect, you know, just becoming whole. I realized that that if I was going to change, I was going to have to change everything about me, you know, and really start to go down a, uh, go down a path of unlearning everything that I had taught myself for 30 years. So I want to pause you for just a second because you hit on a few things that I want to touch on while we're in this, this moment here. Number one, you, you said you were 30 pounds away from 400 pounds. That's a big guy. Tell us what your body type is, your height Etc. Real quick, so we can kind of you know because if you're six ten, four hundred is not great, but you're yeah, you're yeah. a big T kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I so I'm I'm six one. 
Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not too short. I'm not crazy tall either. Uh, right. Kind of a, just a big guy. I got broad shoulders, you know, and, uh, y- you know, but, um, so close to 400 pounds for a six, one frame, uh, you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. And, you know, so a lot of people did me a lot of injustice when I was a little younger, they had come up and when I told them how much I actually weighed, and this was even way before I got to, to that number, people would say, Oh, there's no way you weigh that. Like you carry your weight so well. And, you know, like, Hey, thanks. You know, they mean, well, they're trying to be nice, but you know, you start, you start interjecting that and going, yeah, I, I'm good. You know, and you really start telling yourself that you're good. And as the years go on and you never change, things continue to not be good. But right. yeah, so that, so that's me. Six one, broad shoulders, pretty good size frame, but but still close to four hundred and and uh it yeah, it was just too much. Did you did 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 it did it creep up on you? Because we've had guys on the show talking about how the um and I forget who it was just a few weeks back, he was saying, you know, like every year he'd have to go get a new shirt of another size. And he just kind of like, ah, you know, that old shirt's out of style or anything. But he was kind of justifying it rather than saying, I just went from a large three years ago to an XL to a 2X kind of thing. So, I mean, it's I get exactly where you're at in that bathroom and stepping on the scale and all of that. But were there there moments leading up to it that you kind of was like, hmm, interesting. Well, even, even coming to Texas when I moved here, uh, you know, my wife took me to the store. We we're trying to just get me some new clothes, you know, so that I could come in and, and just, you know, look, look fresh, look, you know, just feel good yeah. about walking into the new job. And I realized very quickly that I had gone from, you know, a three X to a four X and the four X was now starting to fill a little bit tight. It was snug. And there was that part of me that's saying there's no way I'm going to ever put on a 5x shirt because it's just not you know like it was you know I don't know if it was denial or pride or all of the above so I bought these 4x shirts that were a little snug and they look awkward (laughs) you know so there I was trying to feel good about myself at my new job and um you know I'm I I know I have to I have to imagine that people here were were probably like wow we really like Tony's personality but man, he's, I hope he doesn't die. You know, like I hope, I hope he doesn't, you know, like give out, like, is he going to have the energy and what it takes to right. uh, do this job, you know? Right. And, uh, so yeah, there was, there was a lot of things like that, man, you know, just, you know, my sleep, you know, I went from doing, you know, sleeping okay to having severe sleep apnea, um, for way too long. In fact, I, I should have went sooner to do a sleep test, you know, sleep study. And when I actually finally was, you know, my wife finally talked me into going and getting a sleep, sleep study done. I'll never forget the the doctor. He comes in and, uh, he's like, how, how are you feeling? You know? And I go, I'm, I'm good. He goes, I'm surprised to hear you say that because just based on, you know, your sleep that we just studied, um, I'm even surprised that you're half alive right now, you know? And he goes, you had so many interruptions per hour, like it was off the chart, like dangerous off the chart. And you basically were, you were going, you know, sec, you know, like large amounts of seconds without breathing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, 
you know, I got on the, I got on the CPAP machine and started sleeping better, started breathing better, all that kind of stuff. But it still wasn't enough to change my patterns, you know, like it, it kind of just put a bandaid on, on a bigger issue. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think part of what happened with me too was I had worked for a couple churches before I came here that weren't necessarily the healthiest places to work. You know, the staff wasn't the best. The The pastor kind of had some of, you know, their own issues. And so mm-hmm. I kind of, so I kind of flopped around from a couple churches. And, and when I came here, things had shifted. I was actually now working with a staff that, you know, nobody's perfect. We're, we all have our issues, but the way that this place operates now uh, so much healthier than I had seen over the last several years. And so I felt like, I felt like I was in a position like, wow, okay, this door opened up to be in a, in a new place, um, in a new job with, with actually working with a healthy staff somewhere that I want to be. And I knew like there was a part of that too, that said, okay, I feel like that door has been open and maybe this door also needs to be open so that I can not just be working at a healthy place, but that I could take that and run with it and I'll actually be healthy myself. So one other thing I want to ask, um, again, kind of where we're at in the moment with what you've been sharing, um, because it hit a personal nerve here was talking about giving all that you have until you can't give anymore. And I think that a lot of people do have those truly good hearts that they want to, um, help anybody and everybody that they can at the point of sacrificing their mental, physical, emotional health. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to ask this just yet because I want to know more about your story, but I want to know how you realized that then versus where you are today in how you give, but also how you take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, I think I, it really was in that moment, you know, being in that, being in that dark place in that restroom, and just realized that that there was there was no part of me that was going to be able to give any any more, and not just to people here at the church and in the community, but even when my family came back, my wife, my kids, like I wasn't mm-hmm. even being the best that I possibly could be, you know, for them. And and as a pastor, you know, and as somebody that's that's really trying to leave, you know, live a life of of being an example to others. And trying to show people what that looks like, trying to show people what good leadership looks like, trying to be real with people, trying to be transparent, you know, with people and saying, hey, we all have struggles. But at the same time, you know, trying to just really be real with people. But I realized that I wasn't doing any of that and I wasn't doing it well. And and yeah, as much as people loved me and they cared for me, I still think there was a part of uh, a lot of unspoken stuff in the room when I would walk in the room. You know, I think people are like, wow, we really love that guy. But, you know, he's not he's not really setting a great example. And I, you know, and I think that's and I think we can all relate to that. Right. Like that is the problem with with having a weight issue. Right. It's right in front of everybody. Everybody sees it. It's not like dealing with depression or if you're an alcoholic or you're just a, you know, you're a power hungry kind of person. You can hide some of those things. You can mask some of those things. You can pretend like those things aren't really part of your life. But when you're struggling with weight, whether you're a depressed, overweight guy or you're just a happy-go-lucky guy, you walk in the room and 
people see your struggle, whether you like it or not, it's there. And it's for the whole world to see. And I lived mm-hmm. and I, and I lived way too many years for the whole world to see, you know, and a lot of people would say, Hey, all people need is 10 seconds with you, big T, because once they hear you and start talking to you, people just automatically fall in love with you. Well, I get that people were trying to compliment me and say, Hey, you got a great personality and, and people really do love you when, when they get to know you, but that didn't help me. You know what I mean? Like that, that was like, yeah, that's right. I, I just need people to just know who I, who I am as a person. And if they don't like that, I'm overweight. Well, that's, that's their loss, you know, that kind of thing. But still at the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't me putting my best foot forward as a pastor and trying to be a leader in my community. Absolutely. And, and we, we kind of, I asked if, you know, or, or kind of mentioned this as we were doing our, our pre-recording chat when in getting set up, um, as a fellow Christian and uh, someone who'd been involved heavily in ministry, it, you know, I haven't been on, on staff necessarily with many churches, but I've put in as many hours as a lot of staff members. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and um, one of the things that I've realized and, and one of the core principles of, of being a Christian is that we're supposed to be good stewards of the things that we, we were given. And I think that extends to everything, including our health. Oh, yeah. Um, and so being a pastor, being in front of the people, being that example, I think it's important um, to 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 have that in the back of our mind that people are, are looking at me. And if I'm up here leading worship and I'm 200 pounds overweight, yeah. then, you know, that's that's not really shining very well on on our creator is it you know that those are the types of things that i've realized as i've been gathering the healing what has your experience been with that yeah um i think it was i think it was always tucked away you know to be honest with you my friend i think i was always thinking about those things but i think like for a lot of people that are overweight you you start to you start to make excuses to justify your life your lifestyle and your behavior and so I think for, for many years, um, I just got into the pattern of doing that. I think the other part of it was that there wasn't a ton of people coming up like within the church and people that were in leadership positions and challenging me and saying, Hey, have you thought about, you know, changing some of, you know, some of your lifestyle choices, you know, because I think it, a, it could bid you well as just a leader for your family, for what you're doing here at the church. Um, but we want you to, we want you to be the best, you know, that you can be. And I don't know if you're being the best. I didn't have anybody kind of coming and trying to push those buttons. Now I did have one friend who actually got me, uh, the job at this church here. And so I think some of it was planted in that because he, uh, he's a guy that does, um, he's kind of like a, like a headhunter for churches churches hire him and then he comes and brings like kind of the cream of the crop and and presents to churches anyway but when we were going through the whole hiring process you know he he said some pointed things to me and he said it in a caring and loving way but he basically just said man tony like i want the very best for you i want you to step into this new role and i want you to knock it out of the park but i feel like i feel like some of your issues with your weight and the way that you lived could potentially prevent some of that ever being realized in your life. And I just don't want that for you. I don't want that to be limited. 
And I'll tell you what, guys, that was the first time like that somebody really spoke like that kind of brutal truth to me. And he's a believer, you know, and he, you know, he's a, he's a church guy. And, and so, but coming from him, I had grown to respect him. And even to this day, he's one of my best friends. And, um, and I realized that he wasn't telling me that to hurt me. He wasn't telling me that to limit me. No, he was telling me that because he absolutely cared about me and wanted to see me flourish and to grow and to be better. And he, and then he ended with, I see so much potential in you, but I also see that you can cut all of that short if you don't start making some changes in your life. So that was March. That was March of 2000. That was March of 2018. So that's when the seed kind of got planted inside of me. And then you fast forward to August of 2018. And that's when I was alone in that bathroom. And, uh, but you know, you know, when you, when you speak words into people, you know, I, I think they're for I think they're for purposes seen and unseen. Sometimes you don't realize the impact that they might have on a person's life, but sometimes it takes other things and other events and other uh, maybe words to take place before that stuff starts to really, you know, start to grow inside of you. And it did. And on that day, his words definitely were ringing true. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.